0: Hey there, welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you spiritual proximity, even in days of social distancing. And friends, as we dive deeper into Masechet Shabbat, we now reach some of the most difficult pages around, the pages that deal with the issues of purity. And who else to help us wade our way through this thicket than my rabbi and yours, David Bashevkin, hello.
1: Liel, it is a joy to uh, to be here, to feel some sort of connection, to connect with you, connect to the page, connect to your family and our families in the background uh, during this uh, very difficult time. I feel like we're learning the Daf together uh, with uh, the light hum of a quarantined family in Teaneck and New York City <laughs> in the background.
0: The Light Hum of Disgruntled Children. But you know what? Taking a moment, even if it's just six or seven minutes every day to learn the duff, is, I think you'll agree, uh, an incredibly enriching and helpful spiritual, emotional, physical balm for, for this time.
1: I couldn't agree more. You know, I, midweek, I started to feel off, and uh, Tuesday was a low point for me, and I realized it was because I was not paying attention to my DAF routine. And whether your routine is the daf, or your routine is meditation, or prayer, or breakfast, uh, routines have never felt more comforting, and the daf yomi has never been a greater friend to me than right now. And today's daf, as I'm sure you'll introduce, is an eerie friend, particularly in the days that we're in right now.
0: Right. I mean, first of all, I should say that, uh, given the situation, I believe we have special rabbinic dispensation to fall a few DAFs behind if we absolutely <laughs> need to. I wanted the like rabbis
1: the... <laughs> to announce suspension of the DAF for, for four days, give everybody a reprieve, but the DAF, uh, the DAF waits for no one. It's like borrowing... This is like the, f-
0: <laughs> it's like the Fed cutting down the interest rates. You, exactly. You now may be two pages behind.
1: No, learning DAFYomi is like borrowing from the mafia. If you fall behind, the interest payments will just totally wipe you out. So You got to stay <laughs> on top of it.
0: And see, the eerie incredible, kind of weirdly moving thing is that here we are in the age of Purell, in the age of constant washing of hands for 30, 20, 60, 40 seconds, uh, and we read the following pages. The Gemara explains the next case in the Mishnah, and the hands, the reason that the sages decreed impurity upon them is because hands are busy. A person's hands tend to touch dirty or impure objects since one does not always pay attention to what his hands touch and it is inappropriate for holy food to be touched by dirty hands the sages decreed impurity um this is kind of a of a weirdly timely introduction into an incredibly complicated set of uh, rules discussions about the issues of tahara of of purity So take us away. What are we looking at?
1: When it comes to the laws of purity and impurity, it's important to make one important disclaimer. Purity and impurity in Talmudic uh, language is not talking about dirty versus clean. It is talking, and I'm going to be very blunt with you, uh, it's talking about proximity to death. Purity and impurity is a function of how close someone a person, an object, a uh, food, or clothing is to death because, in Talmudic language, the avi avos hatuma, the grandfather, the prototype of all types of impurity, is a corpse, is a dead body, and what the Talmud is going to be talking about for the next couple of pages are is predicated on the different levels of purity and impurity that can be transmitted from this epicenter of death itself. And it's really remarkable and something that my dear friend Natan Farber, who makes these amazing infographics on Dafyomi called Style Daf, he juxtaposed the different levels of purity and impurity. There are four different levels. He juxtaposed it to the CDC warnings because there is a... A parallelism to the way that the proximity to death is conceptualized in Talmudic language versus the way that it's being spoken about in the time that we're in now. It's basically four levels in the Talmudic level, in the Talmudic language. The first level is called Avia Avos Hatoma, the grandfather of impurity. That's a corpse right underneath that is an avhatuma that is somebody who has been in direct proximity contact or under the same roof as a corpse and then there's 1 degree of separation away that might be a person uh or uh, or food that touched a avhatuma not a corpse directly but somebody who was in direct contact with a corpse and then it goes to a secondary function a shani latuma and a and a third function called a shlishi latuma So there are really four levels that one can contract from being in proximity to death, and what the pages of Talmud are going to be discussing, the next couple of pages, are how is this transmitted and what precautions the rabbinic sages make in order to prevent or to be strict with the transmission of impurity.
0: So just when you think that the Talmud is this archaic, document because hey, after all we are fortunate to no longer be or at least most of us no longer be uh, in any kind of proximity to to a dead body. and, and we say to ourselves, oh, all, all these rules they're kind of you know weird and all timey. Uh, we look at our world today, we look at this viral outbreak uh, in the midst of which we were now living. And we say, no, these guys actually knew something. These rabbis actually understood the way in which, you know, outbreaks work and uh, the way in which impurity transmits from one person to another, from one object to a person exactly. to another, etc.
1: Exactly. It's very eerie. I feel like I'm looking over my shoulder and out the window like, Dafiomi, are you listening in on what's happening in the world today that you sent <laughs> us this page? The Talmud has our phones tapped. It's reading the newspaper. They know exactly what's going on in the world. And uh, it is eerie to read these pages today, but it's also quite comforting to enter into a Talmudic universe that has the relevance that it does uh, for our days and the routine that it provides. Uh, with that daily page to give you that stability and comfort.
0: And of all the things uh, that there are out there as transmitters of Tumah, as transmitters of, of impurity, the rabbis very presciently focus on hands specifically, right? They say hands are dirty because hands touch things, and they transmit this impurity from, from person to person and from object to object.
1: Jews have been training in the hand-washing Olympics for uh, centuries, if not thousands of years. <laughs> Uh Jews uh hand washing is something that is a a part of our routine. Uh honestly, the hand washing that's prescribed by the Talmud is not uh purel. You don't have to sing happy birthday. It's not even with soap, but the first thing a Jew uh Jews have done getting out of bed in the morning is actually washing their hands. And that is because of a rabbinic pronouncement that Biblically, you can't have a situation where just a person's hands are uh, impure. It's either all or nothing. It's the entire body or just the hands. The rabbi said, "Uh uh-uh. The hands have a special impurity. I don't know where those hands have been, and you need to wash them. And there's a custom that has developed. Every single morning, I would wake up. My mother actually used to bring in a basin, a portable basin, and a little uh, cup that was called in Yiddish Nagelwasser, to wash your hands. (laughs) And every morning next to my bed, to my chagrin, because it would always spill and get all over me, uh, I would wash my hands every morning. And there are really two reasons why we do this. One is because of the potential impurity. Who knows where your hands have been, particularly through the night. The second reason offered, which is equally beautiful, is that by... Going to sleep, you're almost being reborn every morning. And washing your hands is almost a sense of that rebirth that we have every single day and that gratitude that we say every single morning. But uh, all of my years growing up and my years spent in yeshiva, my alarm clock was the gentle pitter-patter of my roommate or my mother Laying out um, Nagelwasser That basin with a cup for me to wash with
0: You've all learned very well from The great Talmudic scholar Rav Neil Diamond who said Hands, hands. Touching hands Reaching
1: out Lord. Touch- touching,
0: touching me Touching you David Bashevkin, thank you so much.
1: Always a joy to speak. Stay safe, stay happy.
0: Your time never seems so good. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Libowitz. our producer's Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at take one at tabletmag.com. I hope you've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. How can I
1: hear one you?